0: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM. This is our Encounter with God section, and we have another clue for our quiz. While Mon is busily munching on her salad, what were you Mon, talking do about? You always, do you always have do you always have salad for breakfast?
1: Why wouldn't you? Salad is the bomb. So what is, whatever happened to
0: cereal for breakfast?
1: No, nah, I'm not really a huge cereal fan. Salad is my second favorite food.
0: So rabbit rabbit food for breakfast. You know what, it. what's your favorite breakfast?
1: Watermelon. No, have bre- that's my favorite food. My favorite breakfast. I don't really have a favorite breakfast. I love all food.
0: You'll eat anything at breakfast time.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Okay. I do prefer savory. Uh huh. Yeah, but you know, fruit's
0: good as well. I, I I kind of prefer savory, but I'm too lazy to make savory.
1: It does take a bit of effort to make savory. Cereal is definitely the easiest yep. one.
0: Wake up, climb out of bed, have your devotions, uh-huh. throw the wheat bix in, pour milk on top, done.
1: Have some fruit. Yeah, yeah. fruit's good too.
0: Let me give you when, when, when I'm batching. Sometimes I have cereal for dinner as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, your son still does that. Okay. Okay. What city am I? Here's another clue for you Philip the Evangelist and his four daughters also lived in this city.
0: Mm. Come on, guys. You should know the answer to it's this pre- one. It's pretty hard. Studying about it's this. pretty hard. No, no, no. I would not say okay, this well, no, 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 is it's not. It's one. Okay. All right. It's not an easy one, except that. We just spent like a quarter of a year studying the book where all of these clues are coming from. They're all coming out of the same book. That's true. I've been but to this city. It's not
1: about the book, it's about the city, is Have it? Have you ever been to the city? I think so, yes. Yeah. I think I've been to the cities. Now. <laughs>
0: it's one down by the ocean somewhere. You oh went no. to one that was down by the ocean with some <coughs> yeah. nice ruins mm-hmm. in it.
1: Mm -hmm. Is it named after that one particular leader Is that what has that name Uh uh Yeah 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 I thought Uh so
0: And there's an amphitheater there
1: Yeah Brutus's friend Well slash friend Clues
0: going galore Uh Uh Was he his friend or not his friend
1: Well not really in the end really was he
0: Yes no didn't didn't betrayed him (coughs) Didn't end up that way at all Did not end well that story Okay so yes it was named after that person A leader Yeah All right, so where are we up to in our encounter with God? We are in Judges chapter 17. Why don't you head to Judges 17 for
2: us? (coughs) Judges And we're looking
0: at the subject of causes of disunity. All right, so do you think in the book of Judges we could find some stories about disunity?
1: I reckon we could.
0: You reckon we could find some stories about unity? Uh, Yeah. And which do you reckon you will find more of?
1: Uh, well, look, it's the Israelite children, so it's going to be <laughs> really disunity yeah. happening.
0: All right, because they are people, they are human beings. Mm-hmm. All right, so why don't you read for us verse 6, please? Uh,
1: 17 verse 6. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes.
0: Okay, so what's your thoughts on that, Mon?
1: It sounds like a big mess.
0: All right, why is it a big mess? Because we don't have a king. Well, we yeah, actually, we do. That, but well, our, our mm, queen, I guess, you know, doesn't have.
1: I don't think the part about them
0: direct power. The
1: first part of the verse about them not having a king is not the bit that sort of concerns me. It's the rest of the verse where it says all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Maybe if they said did whatever was right in God's eyes, you'd have a lot better of a, a situation here. But their own eyes. Is
0: there an implication here? Do you think that a king would be a better idea?
1: There is an implication. Well, it's true is another like question.
0: Yeah, and if you study the books of Moses, it's interesting yeah. because you find they're told not to have a king. That's right. And then when they did choose to rebel and have a king, this is how the king was to act.
1: Yeah, and then they got horrible so even kings the, yeah, that right. oppressed them and you know, introduced all kinds of horrific practices. But I think the key part there, again, is the bit where it says their own eyes.
0: Yeah, and, and, and it's important to um, just considering this subject of the king was that um this was not just a monarchy, it was a constitutional monarchy mm. which in those days was unheard of. and so the king had a constitution under which he had to operate and that constitution was written down by Moses. Uh, so this was you know, just incredibly advanced form of government, but the actual form of government that they were supposed to have was a theocracy, which mm. was government by God. Now of course you needed to have judges there were judges who you know who led the people that's that's a requirement for good societies you need to have you know laws and you need to have judges and you need to have people who can decide on cases and so the book of judges is all about the period of the judges where there was no king but there was that does not mean that there was no law the implication here in this verse was that there was no king and there was also no law, so anyone just did whatever they felt like. A bunch of lawlessness. Yeah, so basically um, what you've got here is the modern form of morality. So modern oh. secular morality is what is being uh, introduced in this particular passage. Modern secular morality teaches simply do no harm. The challenge with that is when it teaches do no harm, it, uh, the person who decides what harm is, is the individual. That's cute. So you can decide what harm is. You can define harm. I can define harm. Your definition for harm may be different from my definition from harm. And under modern secular um, morality, I have no right to tell you what harm is and you have no right to tell me what harm is. And that's where it becomes a problem. It's everyone does whatever is right in their own eyes.
1: I feel like, I feel like we're steering towards the problem that Buddhism has now where, you know, if you're enlightened, then you you're infallible, and therefore, if you need to wipe out some people, it's fine because you're infallible because you're enlightened, so you couldn't possibly be wrong. That's your morality.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and and that's um you know that's a natural progression of the uh, of, of that particular philosophy. Um, it's, did this, did this it's, it's interesting that this is not new because, you know, the whole concept of the balance, keeping everything in balance, which is very much a, a Buddhist concept, you know, where you've mm. got good, you've got bad, where you've got black, ying you've got and white, yang. up and down, yin and yang, all of these kinds of concepts um, and, you know, the, the harmony and the balance of nature, uh, you know, the, the ancients noticed that for an ecosystem to work, you had to have death. So you had to have good and bad. Because if you didn't have cats to eat the mice, the mice would overproduce and then they would starve themselves to death. And so either you had cats eating the mice or you had starvation killing the mice, you still have death. That's what makes the ecosystem work. So then they um, simply transferred that across to humans and said, well, you know, good and bad has to exist within humanity else humanity cannot exist either. So, you know, if there's too much good in the world, well let's balance that a little bit because um, Do some
1: bad stuff. we have a
0: relatively um, wealthy neighbour over there. Let's go and invade their country and take all their stuff. Mm. A- a- and all you're doing is, is what is good for society. And <clears throat> the whole concept of um, atheism today teaches exactly the same thing. Did you know that?
1: Oh, no, I didn't.
0: Yeah. You think about it because atheism is based on the, the the concept of evolution, which is the concept of survival of the fittest. And in survival of the fittest, when you go and wipe out another society, another people group, um, you do ethnic cleansing, um, these kinds of things, you're actually improving the gene pool and you're doing what is good for humanity. So it becomes a very moral thing to have this balance of good and evil you know the, the whole process of evolution is, is it revolves around the balance of good and evil and um, evil weeding out the weaker species so that the good can survive and prevail it's and so, so evil disgusting. is what evil is what pr- produces good
1: so do you think this uh here in the bible where it says these, you know, these children of israel uh, israel were doing this morality thing did it work out for them
0: no, it was quite very disastrous for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can read on the following verses. You're going to find that it produced a tremendous amount of uh, disunity. In fact, why don't you go f- to uh, Judges chapter 21 for us and uh, read for us verse 25? So we'll go a little bit further through the book of Judges and we'll go to chapter 21 and verse 25.
1: In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. It's exactly the same.
0: Oh, so it is. (laughs) I thought it was a different verse. I was thinking of something else. But that's okay. We have the same thing repeated twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that they are emphasizing the point that, you know, they have had quite a number of generations throughout the book of Judges. This system is not working.
1: It's surprising that atheists today don't look back at the history books and realize that it's never worked.
0: It is, isn't it mm. you know
1: it's for, for for a group of people who claim to you know uh cherish intelligence um in terms of like uh, being a smart <coughs> person kind of yeah. thing not as an intelligent designer or anything but it's it's surprising that they don't look back at history and, and realize what's you know what the uh implications are in the future
0: yes and and of course you know this is why Christianity has become involved in charities and has invented the whole concept of charities. Mm. Um, Because you know, when you when you look at um, you know this 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 morality of everyone does what's right in their own eyes, then why would you have a charity? Because people make their choices, and if they make bad choices, they're just weeding themselves out of the gene pool. Mm. They're making the uh, the the world a better place.
1: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: All right, so let's um, let's go to Judges chapter 2. We're going to read a bit of a passage here. This is Judges chapter 2, verse 11 to 13.
1: The, Israel, the Israelites did evil in the, in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after their own gods, worshipping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. Ashtoreth. Yeah.
0: Okay, so in this particular passage here, What is it that the Israelites... I mean, this is how far into the book of Judges? Uh, This is is chapter (laughs) 2. Chapter 2. So the system has just got started. You know, Joshua, who has been leading God's people, has just died. We've got through the period of Moses. We've got through the period of Joshua. And now we head into the period of the judges and almost immediately everyone's doing what's right in their own eyes. And so they're like, yeah, well, you know, I'll go and worship Ashtaroth, I'll go and worship this god. I'll go and worship that god. I'll go and worship whatever god. What do you think it was that was appealing about worshipping these gods?
1: Well, it says that they were doing what the people around them were doing. So I don't know, were they, I don't want peer pressure, but maybe they just wanted to, I don't know, fit in or... I don't
0: know. It's Yeah, okay. It's, it's, it's an important question that we need to look at. And um what you'll find is that these are religions that are soaked in an appeal to the flesh, to the okay. carnal nature. Okay. Um to the, you know, the, the 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 sinful nature that we have. And so they appealed to, you know, this was this was a culture that um you know, religious ceremonies involving, you know, excess of food, um, alcohol and partying, um, sexual immorality was a requirement. Uh, you know, we could go on and on down through the list of what was actually involved in these particular um, I feel
1: like you just described 2018.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> um, the, the, the prosperity gospel was very much a part of it because you know, wealth was a sign of the blessing of the gods. And so you know, if you worship these gods, they're going to make you wealthy. And so the, the Israelites would look across the fence and they would see other nations that were more wealthy than they were because you know, they've just come out of slavery. They've been in the, in, in the desert for 40 years. They've just recently been able to conquer and populate this country. But they were, they were a poor country. Mm. And so they're looking across the, uh, the borders and saying, "Well, you know you look at this country and that country and the other country, they have strong military, they have great wealth, um, and those countries would look across at Israel, and they would say, "The reason we have wealth and the reason we have strength is because of our gods, our gods are therefore better than Yahweh. So you need to you know come across and become a servant of our gods." And these would become very powerful arguments.
1: Does that mean, you know, because when you said, you know, um, when the Bible says they did morality in their own eyes um, and then they signed up for Baal and and Ashtoreth, whatever it was, does that mean they're now doing morality as according to Baal? Or does Baal not come with any morality?
0: Yeah, Baal did come with morality, Uh, morality that involved things, uh, you know, in extreme circumstances such as child sacrifice. Okay, so that's a breakdown of morality, (laughs) is that what that is? And this is where humans will go. Mm -hmm. You take God out of the equation and this is where humans will end up. And this is why you have, you know, people in in society today that are arguing in favour of things like pedophilia. This
1: is so disgusting. Because,
0: yeah, they're saying, well, this is something that people are born with. Um, You know, this is not something that they choose to do um and 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 then they like well you know this existed in societies in the past and you know all these arguments come up and so they try and justify these kinds of things and 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 what we're doing as a society is we're working our way backwards towards you know the uh the primitive religions of the past simply because we're doing away with morality we have no no you know um black and white Morality that exists anymore because your morality is my remora- mora- Your morality is yours and mine is mine, and anyone's can be anyone's.
1: I hate to sound communistic, but people who advocate for child sex abuse to be normalised should, should it should be criminalised to advocate that. In my opinion, that's
0: not communist. Well, you know, that's just that's just, just that's just sensible <laughs> law. Yeah, of course that should be a criminal offence. Yeah, to lock advoca- these people up, throw them in jail, throw the key away, don't let them ever yeah, see the light of yeah. day again. You know, because we are dealing with the ramifications. You know, and this is this conflict that you get in our society today that has done away with God, and this is why our society is so confused because we see the the, the damage it does, and so we have royal commissions when we and we do all of this effort to get rid of, you know, uh, pedophilia and all of these kind of things, particularly institutional pedophilia, etc. And we work really hard to get rid of that because we see the results of it, but at the same time the same arguments are being used to promote
1: it. Mm. It it, it your mind when people you realize you have a group of people think things through.
0: You take God out of the equation, human beings become idiots. Yeah, that's true. It's 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 as simple as that. And uh, y- and you, know, you
1: have the example of it right here in Judges.
0: Oh yes, Oh yes, absolutely. Let's go to chapter three, and uh, I'll get you to read a few verses, verses mm-hmm. for us there, and just let us know, um, you know, after chapter two, did someone come along, sort it out? Did it solve the problem?
1: Uh, Chapter 3, verse 1? 5 to 7. 5 to 7 says, So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, and they intermarried with them. Israelite sons married their daughters, and Israelite daughters were given in marriage to their sons, and the Israelites served their gods.
0: Now, that's an interesting correlation there, isn't it? Mm, Very much so. (coughs) Because, you know, the Bible doesn't speak against... Uh, you know, it's, it's not morally wrong to marry someone of another nation or another race. Correct. Um, but the Bible says, you know, the Bible told them at this particular time, don't do that. Why did Why did God say not to intermarry at that time?
1: Well, it's, it, anytime people of two different lineages come together in a marriage, it's very difficult for the lines not to be blurred. And um, usually what happens is that someone lets go of their faith.
0: Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. And, you know, the the issue here was not race. Mm-hmm. Was the, the issue is religion. Mm-hmm. And that's why it finishes with those words there, you know, and they went and served those gods.
1: Yeah, and then it continues and it says, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. They forgot about the Lord their God and they served the images of Baal and the Asherah Poles. So that's that's the natural progression of intermarrying with people of other religions. You, you know, you forget the Lord your God.
0: A friend of mine was counselling um, a couple one time and this woman had come to him for counselling And she was a Protestant Christian um, who had married a Roman Catholic. And, of course, he was just, you know, he was a lovely, godly man. They'd had a great relationship together. They had, you know, several children that they were raising. And, you know, each was exerting a certain religious influence on the children. Now, of course, for the Roman Catholic, it came time for confirmation. And... For you know the Roman Catholic husband, this this was something that was critical and it was salvational. He doesn't want his children to be lost, mm-hmm. um, and you know without confirmation, his children are in danger of eternal hellfire. This was this is this is his religious belief. Mm-hmm. And for the Protestant wife, of course, for her children to be to to to, uh, to have confirmation in the Roman Catholic Church was placing them in danger of hellfire. Oh mercy. And so, what do you do in that situation? Because you know, and she's come to him like, you know, you, you need to, you need to tell him that he can't, you know, he has no right to, uh, to encourage our children to go through confirmation because of, of my religious liberty and my religious freedom and and my religious beliefs, and and uh, and he had to turn around and say, no, you made this choice when you married him. That's right. And he has every right as the parent to do what you know, he sees according to his conscience and according to his religion is the most important thing. And you can imagine, you know, this is, a, this is a, an issue in that relationship that's seen as being life and death.
1: There are so many stories that I've heard coming out of and just dark, horrible, conflicting stories coming out of mixed marriages. Like it's one of the worst ideas possible. Like, it's, it, it's You're better off being alone your whole life. Than getting married to someone who doesn't believe the same thing. And it, it, it always breaks my heart when, I, when you hear the stories about the kids, because when your parents can't present a unified front, like that's just so confusing. Can you imagine these kids of the, of yeah, the couple? Exactly. Like, are we getting confirmed or not getting confirmed? Are we doing what mum wants we are doing what dad wants? And, 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 and
0: where it. is my salvation found? Is it found over here or is it found over there?
1: Yeah. I mean, at that age, I probably don't really understand, but it, the, the conflict that I understand, the conflict between the parents is like, which parent do I keep happy?
0: And and the parents' freaking out of their minds mm-hmm. because you know the parents love their children, they want to see their children saved eternally, yeah, and it's just it's just a terrible, terrible idea, and we see it illustrated here with um you know the Israelites doing during the time of the judges, where they are uh that they, they begin to into intermar- their their morality is you know whatever seems right in their own eyes. Whatever seems to not be bringing harm to others. And, and so, you know, their, their, their standard of morality has disappeared and now they're intermarrying. And so, of course, the uh, entire nation leaves the service of God and goes into the worship of idols. We're going to move on right now, back soon.
3: I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. worship you I can only imagine
0: Listening to Bart Millard and Shannon Millard with I Can Only Imagine here on Faith FM. Do we have another clue for our quiz there, Mon? Nobody snapped this one up yet. We it's not getting... an
1: easy quiz, Lyle. <laughs> this is a pretty hard one. It just one.
0: feels easy because we've...
1: Because you're a smarty pants.
0: ...been reading this book.
1: Okay. What city am I? Cornelius lived in this city. And its name begins with the letter C.
0: Not just Cornelius, but the city. Okay. Give us a call. one 800 324 843 if you know the answer or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. What are you making them on?
1: I am crocheting a blanket. A how, blanket? How is that a question? You know I'm always making blankets. Uh, What
0: do you mean? How is that a question? It could have been a scarf. It could have been a sock. It could have been gloves. I'm pretty sure I've told you
1: a million times that I only make blankets, with the exception of the scarf that I made on air to prove my multitasking skills. But this is some beautiful 100% cotton yarn that I picked up in Germany. So this is one of the uh, souvenirs that I like to buy. If I find some nice yarn, I'll buy yarn instead of like a fridge magnet or something.
0: I'm pretty good with yarn.
1: Having a yarn, you mean? Yeah, I can have a yarn. <laughs> I can I have, can have spend a yarn. a pretty, spend, spend a pretty while good a yarn. yarn. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna. I'm making a blanket. So
0: that's yeah. a that's a kind of thin thin blanket.
1: No, I'm making stripes. So it's multicolored, as you can see. So it's got like uh, yeah, it's coral like pink like and the, light the, the pink and blue it, and although it's, not yeah. wool, it's cotton. So I'm gonna make stripes, and then I'm gonna put stripes in, the, in between the multicolored stripes of block colors that are also found in there. you Get mm-hmm. what I mean? You get mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. And then I'll put tassels around the outside, and then I'll give it to
0: someone. Sounds good.
1: Yeah, still deciding who, though.
0: A cotton blanket. I thought blankets were supposed to be wool. but anyway, No, no. If
1: you go to a hospital, you find all those blankets. Those are always cotton blankets. Really? They're yeah, quite yeah, warm, yeah, too. Yeah. 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 It's right. like a good summer kind of baby blanket.
0: Moving on with our encounter with God, we are going to look at the book of Jeremiah, chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 14 through 18 to see what the Bible has to say over here about unity, causes of unity and causes of disunity. And, of course, the book of Jeremiah was written in a time of terrible, terrible disunity. Uh, Of course, Jeremiah and Ezekiel had both said, we need to to serve the king of Babylon. And, of course, the Israelites said, no, we're not going to serve the, 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 the Jews, I should say, said we're not going to serve the king of Babylon And so uh, the king of Babylon came and said, Well, guess what? You are going to serve me. And he destroyed their city. Mm. And so then, um, as a result of that, you had some of the Jews who were taken into captivity into Babylon. You had other Jews who formed an alliance with Egypt and fled down there and um, built a colony on the island of, uh, on the Elephantine Island in the Nile River and became mercenaries for the Egyptians, built their own temple down there and all kinds of stuff. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it was pretty full on. Uh, And then, of course, you had, you know, the poorest of the poorest of the poor uh, of mixed blood who stayed in the land of Israel to try and sort of keep a little bit of agriculture going there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, they later became known as the Samaritans, and so this was a time of just tremendous disunity. You had all these different factions: those that said we should, they should worship they should serve Babylon; those who said they shouldn't serve Babylon; those who went to Babylon; those who went to Egypt; and those who stayed behind. So, yeah, a mess. God's church a huge mess, a total mess at this particular time. Uh All right, so how does God address His people at this particular time? Uh, Jeremiah chapter three and verse fourteen through eighteen. I have to be impressed. Mon is not only. Um, she's sitting here eating rabbit food um, talking on the radio looking up Bible verses crocheting
1: <laughs> and checking my messages and, che- and checking her messages
0: all at the same time keeping an eye on the screen <laughs> to know what time we uh, how much time before the next song uh, keeping an eye on our, on our producer i busily taking phone calls for the quiz um
1: Jeremiah chapter 3, yes. <laughs> verse...
0: 14 to 18.
1: 14. Well, you know that I can multitask, Lyle. I proved that with yes, that scarf. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Jeremiah 3.14 says, Return home, you wayward children, says the Lord, for I am your master. I will bring you back to the land of Israel, one from this town and two from that family, and from wherever you are scattered. That's nice. Yeah, keep going. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart and will guide you with knowledge and understanding. And when your land is once more filled with people, says the Lord, you will no longer wish for the good old days when you possess the ark of the Lord's covenant. You will not miss those days or even remember them, and there will be no need to rebuild the ark. In that day, Jerusalem will be known as the throne of the Lord. All nations will come there to honor the Lord. They will no longer stubbornly follow their own evil desires. In those days, the people of Judah and Israel will return together from exile in the north. They will return to the land I gave your ancestors as an inheritance forever.
0: Okay, we have somebody calling in for the quiz. Ooh. Gary from Adelaide. What did we say? Whoa. hello, hello, Gary.
1: Gary, my, my ears bleed.
0: Hello. Gary, Gary's gone. Uh, we, hello.
1: Hello, Gary.
0: We're we're getting feedback, and we're not getting anything else. So, um, yeah, when we when we find Gary there, have we got Gary yet?
1: No, I guess not.
0: Anyway, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hope yep. the audience can't hear that shrieking that we can hear right I was about now. That's putting <laughs> my
0: eardrums open. <laughs> no, I hope but um, yes, yeah, he's going to have to uh, pass that one on to the uh, <laughs> producer yeah. and find out whether he got the answer to the I quiz. I really hope correct. he does.
1: Gary, I really hope you know the answer to the quiz. I really want to give you the prize. I really do. All
0: right, so the producer is running into the studio. Let's see what uh, what the, what the story is. Okay, so uh, all right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna plug into the system over here by the sounds of it. We'll, we'll get this um, on air yet. Hello, Gary, you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, ah, uh, Gary,
1: Gary, welcome to the show. How are you this morning, Gary? Thank
4: you, and thank you. I'm not really good with names. I know your moniker isn't it? Yes.
1: Uh, Lyle and Mon, but don't I worry. We'll remember yours. If... love <laughs> So, Gary, you have yeah, an answer for Lyle. our quiz today.
5: It's, yeah, I'm not sure what the pronunciation is.
4: Capernium or or something
1: Oh, Ooh. Capernaum. Oh, you're close, Good but try. not today. That's not the answer. That was actually one of the one of the top uh, picks, actually for the for the um for the quiz. Ah. But it's not correct. Thank you so much for playing, Gary. Okay. Do you know what? If you figure it out, give a call back and try again.
0: The quiz is still open, so a yeah. uh, bit more research for you there. Thanks so much. All right. So that was Gary from Adelaide having a crack at the quiz. We always like it when uh, people uh, want to c- call through and and um, jump on and be part of the show. And um yeah, we managed to get the technology working there yeah. in the end.
1: Praise the Lord.
0: And uh we he guessed Capernaum, which is uh, one of the top three guesses, but
1: I'm gonna give you C- I'm gonna give them the clue just quickly, right? So it's not Capernaum. It's also not Cana. Don't call and say Cana, it's not Cana.
0: But it does start with a C.
1: But it does start with a C.
0: Not okay, Capernaum, so if you've, got a, if you've got a map in your Bible, look on the coast. hmm hmm Which starts with a C. That's it's, right. not the, it's not the coast.
1: But let's go back to Jeremiah because I really (coughs) want to talk about what we just read. So we just read that. I really like how it says in in verse 16 there in Jeremiah 3, it says, uh, you will no longer wish for the good old days. Um, So obviously the people aren't having that much of a good time. They followed their own evil desires, as it says, and the Lord is calling them back now. And he says, you know, if you come back to me, you won't wish for the good old days. So obviously they're wishing for the good old days. Obviously they know that their own morality has led them up the garden path, mm-hmm. down, down the creek without a path. Do,
0: do, do you ever wish for the good old days?
1: Uh, uh, no, no.
0: Really? No. No, I love the good old days. I had a great childhood. Um grew up in the bush. It was fantastic. I have I
1: have like m- things that I've done that I've regretted, but I don't think I've ever wanted to return to any sort of particular moment in time and, and live there kind of a thing.
0: No, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is one of those things that we often do talk about, though, is the good old yeah, days. Yeah, that's and, true, the good and, old days. Uh, uh, the part that I like about this is verse 14. It says, Turn, O black, backsliding children, says the Lord, for I am married to you. And I'll take you, uh, and I will take you, one of a city and two of a family, and we'll bring you to Zion. And here, God is expressing His commitment to His church, His commitment to you and I. And this just boggles my mind because here you've got a church that is so disunited and so all over the place, and so far gone and in apostasy that it's almost hard to imagine. And God says, "I'm married to you. I'm committed to you." I'm giving my life for you. Mm. That's God's attitude towards
3: you.
2: (laughs) Jesus
0: far longer and far happier than most people in the world. And now their secrets out. Six regions have been identified as blue zones, places where people experience holistic health, and it's doing them a lot of favors. So do yourself a favor and come along to the free Rethink Health workshops, where we will explore six core principles of health and longevity proven through the blue zones at the Swansea Center Sunday, October 7, October 14, and October 21st. From 5 p.m. is where you'll find us. For more information, call 0402-528-869 or search for the Rethink Health event on Facebook. You're listening to CC Winans there with Never Have to Be Alone here on Faith FM. We have come to that part of the day where we have a
1: question, question uh, of the day. Whinings, by the way. <coughs> <laughs> He's looking all confused at the screen. But don't look the confused, Michael, because We're about to ask you the question of the day and you can't be confused if you're going to answer the question of the day. Can you now?
0: No, I can't be confused. All right, I'm not confused.
1: (laughs) Okay, the question that's coming is, what is the early and latter rain?
0: Okay, great question right here. The Bible speaks about the early and the latter rain using an agricultural concept. It works a little bit like this. So you go through the winter, a fairly dry winter. The ground is kind of dry. You plough your ground because you can get out there because, you know, it's not raining. It's not all mud. So you plough all your ground up and then you sow your seed. Now, if you sow your seed into dry ground and then just leave it there, then nothing is going to happen as a result. The seed will just stay as dry seed in the dry ground. What you need is water to come on that for it to germinate. And so they relied in uh, in Israel, they relied on these two rains that were called the early and the latter rain. So you plant your seed, <clears throat> you get your early rain, that's going to cause the seed to germinate. So now it springs up and it starts to grow. And it will continue, it gets its roots down so it can continue to grow, it's got moisture within itself, it's getting moisture out of the ground, etc. And it continues to grow. But if your seed grows and you don't get any more rain thereafter, when you come to Uh, to to, to harvest the grain, there's going to be actually very little grain on it. A good example is if you've ever grown sweet corn and your your, your seed germinates, your sweet corn comes up and it looks nice and it's growing there and it's all happy. And then when it comes to the point where you actually break off that ear of corn, if you haven't had any latter rain, rain while the actual cob is being formed, you can get one of those cobs that has like, you know, three yellow pieces on it, and that's about it, mm-hmm. and there's just kind of nothing else.
1: Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so that's
0: caused by not enough water late in the season.
1: I gotcha, gotcha.
0: All right, so the early and the latter rain. So the early rain germinates the seed. The latter rain produces the harvest. So this is an agricultural concept that the Bible uses in a number of places. If we go to Isaiah, uh, let's flick over to Isaiah chapter, uh, chapter 44, and I want you to, to notice what God describes as being uh, rain, symbolizing Isaiah chapter 44 and verse 3. The Bible says, For I will pour upon him that is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. So here, God is pouring out rain. So he uses this, he uses this imagery of pouring. He says, I will pour out my rain. Um, and he continues on, I will pour out my spirit. Upon the seed and my blessing on your offspring. And so, rain in the Bible is a symbol of the Holy Spirit that God pours out and it comes showering down like rain. If you go to uh, the book of Joel, you will see a prophecy about this. So let's flick over to the book of Joel very quickly. <clears throat> Notice the language here. In verse uh, chapter t- 2 and verse 28, it says, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit... Upon all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, young men shall see visions, also upon the servants and the handmaids. In those days I will pour out my spirit. And so the, the rain coming down is seen as a symbol of the falling of the Holy Spirit. And so the Apostle Peter, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit was poured out with great power, he proclaims that this is a fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel about the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. And this was, this was the early rain to cause the seed of the Christian church to germinate. And so the, the seed germinates, and for the next you know, uh, century, the Christianity spreads incredibly rapidly everywhere under this incredible outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But the Bible goes on, because it's not finished here, And it says, And I will show wonders in the heavens and the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord comes. And so the indication is that not only do you have an early rain to cause Christianity to germinate, but you have a latter rain, another outpouring of the Holy Spirit, just like the first one, except the latter rain was always bigger, to finish the work. So the early rain starts the work The latter rain finishes the work. This is talking about two great outpourings of God's Holy Spirit. And, of course, you know, one of them at the end of time, our time, that's the one that you and I need to be a part of. We need to be ready to receive the latter rain outpouring of the Holy Spirit.
1: Thank you very much, Lyle. We give us a call. I read never heard and heard a story like from the made. blessed old
4: book How the was a Jericho, the people marched around And when the trumpet sounded, how the mighty one shook Walls around the city came a-tumbling down The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He, he rolled the waters back before old Moses and his he men Let the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord, He calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He, he saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose roll. up from the grave just like the prophets said he'd do Never will forsake us, matter not when may come Safely He will lead His faithful children on hold the Lord's said, Brother Jonah go to of the land. But he disobeyed the Lord by hiding away Then Jonah got converted to obey the command From the well the Lord delivered him on that day The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's den He rolled ro- the waters back before all Moses and his men He led live. the people out of Egypt's bondage and its sin The Lord He calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew He, he saved said, the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too He rose ro- up from the grave just like the prophet said he'd do Never will forsake us matter not what may come safely he will lead his faithful children on home the Lord has raised the dead and caused the blinded to see cleanse the leopard spots and turn the water to wine the Lord's the same today and now forever will be there's no other power like the Savior divine. The Lord delivered Daniel from the hungry lion's inn. He rolled, rolled the waters back before O Moses and his men. He led, led the people out of Egypt's bondage and sin. The Lord, he calmed the ocean and the mighty winds that blew. He saved the Hebrew children from the fiery furnace too. He rose, rose up from the grave just like the prophets said he'd do. Never will forsake us, matter, not when they come. Safely he will lead his faithful children on on
0: You're listening to Vocal Union. He will lead his children home here on Faith FM. We have come to the end of the show, and we are about to give something away. Yes, I really indeed. like this. I think this is really appropriate with what we were talking about with our interview earlier on, where we were talking about the talking to the lady from uh, White Butterfly in Tasmania, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, what a great work she is doing down there with grieving families, particularly families that are grieving the loss of a very, very young child. You know, um, lost during pregnancy. And uh, yeah, if you missed that, then uh, just check on our social media. We're posting up details for that. Um, and if you know somebody who has, if you have lost a child uh, very early on in pregnancy, or if you know somebody who has lost a child very very early on in pregnancy, then uh, definitely get in contact with uh, with White Butterfly and the work that they are doing.
1: Indeed. And today we're giving away a book that uh, correlates with uh, with the theme of, of loss. It's a book called Surviving Grief. It's a personal journey um, by Sandy Zwagg. And uh, it's a book that really encourages, um, you know, to really experience your loss and to to grow through it. And uh, she tells, uh, she's an author and she tells her story um, about her own story of loss, Um, you know, both her husband and her son died. And uh, and it's a very honest, a very honest book about her struggle, um, you know, her devastation and then also... In how she how she healed through that. And uh, and there's a wonderful verse on the back that says, What a wonderful God we have. He so wonderfully comforts and strengthens us in our hardships and trials. And why does he do this? So that when we, others are troubled, needing our sympathy and encouragement, we can pass on to them this same help and comfort God has given us. That is is Second Corinthians 13, uh, 1 verse 4 and 3. Uh, so if you'd like a copy of this book, Surviving Grief, by Sandy Zwag. Just give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM it's 1-800-324-843 call us now and uh, I will send this to you you can be anyone it doesn't matter who you are give us a call now and we can send this to you free of charge.
0: Stay tuned we've got some more great programming coming up right now.
1: And we'll see you tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Have a blessed day.
5: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine air salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long Perfect submission, perfect delight Visions of rapture now burst on my side Angels descend